1984, pastors Jean and Sue started Faith Christian Center in a hotel ballroom. But for the past 36 years, they have taught people how to practically apply the Bible to their everyday lives. Over the years, God has blessed us and the church has grown. Faith Christian Center is now located on a beautiful 73-acre campus in the heart of the Dallas-Fort Worth Metroplex. We believe the best is yet to come. Today's message will encourage you, inspire you, and teach you how to experience God's best in every area of your life. This is my Bible. It is the Word of God, and it is the will of God for my life. I am who the Word says I am. I'm the righteousness of God in Christ. I'm where the Word says I am, seated right now in the heavenly realms, in Christ Jesus, in the place of authority, dominion, and power. I have what the Word says I have. All the blessings of Abraham are mine, and I can do what the Word says I can do. I can do all things through Christ who gives me the strength. Today my mind is alert. My spirit is receptive as I'm taught the Word of God. My life is changed for the better, and I will never be the same again. Amen. You may be seated. We're in this series on the truth about money, and the title this morning is The Hundredfold Return. Our two launching texts have been Matthew 6.21, For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. And verse 33, Seek first the kingdom of God, and his righteousness and all these things shall be added unto you. I'm going to give you the points of the message as we go along for the sake of time. Number one, number one, never taught this stuff before, brand new message, never heard before. Number one, there is a progression to faith. Number one, there is a progression to faith. Everyone wants to start at the top, but life doesn't work that way. I said everyone wants to start at the top, but life doesn't work that way. You have to start where you are in faith and then work your way up. You have to start where you are in faith and then work your way up. The great apostle of faith and healing, Smith Wigglesworth, used to say that Mark 4, 28 was his favorite faith verse in the Bible. For the earth bringeth forth the fruit of herself, first the blade, then the ear, after that the full corn in the ear. Now, can you see the progression of faith in that verse? For the earth bringeth forth fruit of herself, first the blade, then the ear, after that the full corn in the ear. So first the blade, then the ear, after that the full corn in the ear. Number two, number two, Jesus repeatedly spoke of 30-fold, 60-fold, or 100-fold. Jesus repeatedly spoke of 30-fold, 60-fold, and 100-fold. Now notice again, there was and is a progression to faith. 30-fold, 60-fold, 100-fold. There is a progression to faith. Everyone wants to start at the top, but life doesn't work that way. You have to start where you are in faith and work your way up. Jesus mentioned the 30-fold, 60-fold, and 100-fold returns in Matthew 13, in Mark 4, and in Luke chapter 8. Three times in three Gospels. Jesus then again mentioned the 100-fold separately in Mark 10. Mark 10, 28, Peter said to Jesus, We have left everything to follow you. 
I tell you the truth, Jesus replied, no one who has left home or brothers or sisters or mothers or father or children or fields for me in the gospel will fail to receive a hundred times as much in this present age, homes, brothers, sisters, mothers, children, and fields. What does it take to acquire fields? Money. And with them, persecutions. Why persecutions? Because the devil's crowd is not happy about God's crowd pulling ahead. Now, now look, I'm going to be just as plain as plain can be. Nobody complains about these mega corporations and, and their CEOs getting rich during this coronavirus. If you haven't figured it out, they destroyed every small business and they made the Amazon people and the Netflix people and the Apple people richer than ever. You understand? I think my suggestion is on the next lockdown, we lock down Amazon, Google, Apple, Netflix, and only allow small businesses to be listed as essential. Persecution. So they can just they can get billions and billions and billions and billions. But man, you let a Christian show up at a family reunion in a Mercedes, man, I'm telling you, some hell's going to be breaking loose. Persecutions. But I just made up my mind about 25 years ago to ignore the barking dogs. I made up my mind about 25 years ago to ignore the ankle biters. I made up my mind about 25 years ago to ignore the critics. Amen? Because they didn't add anything to my life. Why should I pay attention to somebody that doesn't add anything to my life? But many who are first will be last and the last first. Because of our time limitation, we will not deal with all the parable of the sower in Matthew 13 and Mark 4 and Luke 8. We'll just deal with Luke's gospel and then we'll hit the highlights that pertain to the 30-fold, 60-fold, and 100-fold return in Mark and Matthew. So let's go to Luke chapter 8. Luke chapter 8, beginning in verse 4, the parable of the sower. While a large crowd was gathering and people were coming to Jesus from town after town, he told this parable. A farmer went out to sow his seed. As he was scattering the seed, some fell along the path. It was trampled on and the birds of the air ate it up. Some fell on rock. And when it came up, the plants withered because they had no moisture. Other seed fell among thorns, which grew up with it and choked the plants. Still other seed fell on good soil. It came up and yielded a crop a hundred times more than was sown. And the interpretation is found in verses 11 to 15. This is the meaning of the parable. The seed is the word of God. Say it out loud. The seed is the word of God. The seed is the word of God. Those along the path of the ones who hear... And then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. So when the devil comes, these are the most important words you have heard this year. When the devil comes, what does he want to steal out of your life? The word of God. The word of God. It's all about the word. The seed is the word of God. Those along the path are the ones who hear, and then the devil comes and takes away the word from their hearts so that they may not believe and be saved. 
Those on the rock are the ones who receive the word with joy when they hear it, but they have no root. They believe for a while, but in the time of testing, they fall away. Is there not an implication in there there will be testing? Are we being negative to say there will be testing? It's just simply life to say there will be testing. The seed that fell among thorns stands for those who hear, but as they go on their way, they are choked by life's worries, riches, and pleasures, and they do not mature. And a lot of that anymore is old, old friendships, old connections. I'm telling you, if you're going to walk with God, man, you got to clean up the contact list in your phone. You got to unfollow some folks. You got to, you got to stop connecting to some people. Don't be telling me you're struggling with sin if you still got your drug dealer's number in your contact list. Amen. I mean, you need a new set of running buddies. Number, verse 15, but the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering produce a crop. Why would Jesus use the word persevering if you don't have to persevere? But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering produce a crop. But I want you to notice again the progression or the formula of faith. The good seed on good soil, or excuse me, the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering produce a crop. So we have a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering, produce a crop. Number three in the notes, number three, hear the word, retain the word, persevere in the word, and produce a crop by the word. 30-fold, 60-fold, even 100-fold. Here it is again. Hear the word, retain the word, persevere in the word, and produce a crop by the word. 30-fold, 60-fold, even 100-fold. I can hear Dad Hagen right now in my spirit man say, the word, the word, the word, just stay with the word. The word, the word, the word, just stay with the word. Now, Jesus taught that we should always pray and never give up. We've been rehearsing the, this the last few Wednesday nights. Luke 18, 1. Men should always pray and never give up. Isn't that what pers by persevering produce a crop means? Men should always pray and never give up. Isn't that what by persevering, produce a crop means? Amen. Hear the word, retain the word, and by persevering in the word, produce a crop 30-fold, 60-fold, and even 100-fold. Now, here it is in Matthew's gospel. Matthew 13, 23, but the one who received the seed that fell on good soil is the man who hears the word and understands it. He produces a crop. He what? Oh my gosh, that is not politically correct at all. I mean, we got politicians out here and, and uh, they want to redistribute everything. Amen. Look, you, you cannot have equal results. That's a lie. I'm not even equal to myself. Some months, some, some days, forget about months, some days. I mean, some days on Tuesday, I'm not equal to myself on Monday. My mother's family to me is, could have been a socio, socio, sociology master's thesis or PhD the, thesis. 17 kids, same two parents, same gene pool, every one of them a high school graduate, but dramatically different results. 
So you cannot guarantee equal results. You can give equal opportunity, and that's what the gospel does. Whosoever shall call upon the name of the Lord shall be saved. You can give an equal opportunity, but it is a lie. It is a, a pipe dream to think you can have equal results. Amen? Here's the word and understands that he produces a crop yielding 160 or 30 times what was sown. Here it is in Mark's gospel, Mark chapter 4, verse 20. Others like seed sown on good soil, hear the word, accept it, and produce a crop 30, 60, or even 100 times what was sown. And back to Luke's gospel, Luke 8, 8, 5, 8, 15. But the seed on good soil stands for those with a noble and good heart who hear the word, retain it, and by persevering produce a crop. Say it out loud, I'm good soil. Say it again, I'm good soil. Say it again, I'm good soil. Now notice in all three cases, they hear the word. We know this also from Romans 10, 17. So then faith cometh by hearing and hearing by the word of God. So in all three cases, what is this parable about? In all three cases, what is this parable about? It is about the word and what people do with the word. In all three cases, this parable is about the word and what do people do with the word. In all three cases, this parable is about the word and what people do with the word. Now, in my annual Bible reading, I've just come through the Gospels and now I find myself in the book of Acts and I noticed that Jesus repeatedly said, and, and I noticed this especially at his trial recorded in the Gospels. He repeatedly said, my kingdom is not of this world. But we've got preachers, and I'm ashamed to say full gospel preachers, and I'm ashamed to say supposedly word of faith preachers, and they're not preaching the word, they're preaching about the election. But in every gospel, Jesus said, my kingdom is not of this world. If these preachers, and I'm ashamed of them, if these preachers had been alive in Jesus' day or the book of Acts' day, they would have, uh, they would have got somebody like Barabbas to lead a coup against uh, the Roman Empire. When we got married, a peanut farmer was president. I mean, how, who the hell elects a peanut farmer to lead the greatest nation on the face of the earth? So there's nothing new. There's nothing new. There is nothing new. But we pulled ahead every year, didn't matter who was in charge, because look, that didn't have anything to do with us. <laughs> Hallelujah. I mean, just like the coronavirus doesn't have a thing in the world to do with us. The curse doesn't have anything to do with us. Who's in charge? Look, this church now is so wealthy. Even if the mayor said whatever, we just go down, you know, the, the county line is just a handful of miles down the road. We just go down the road, build, buy another piece of dirt, build another building, you know. Then if that county judge or whatever, then we just go down to the next line and, and buy dirt and build a building. Doesn't matter to us. I mean, we will escape it. 
Because this is the kingdom of God. We're winning people to Jesus. We're casting out devils. We're getting people set free from drugs and alcohol. We're getting people baptized in the Holy Spirit. We're getting people healed. We're, we're, we're not to be about the business of the kingdoms of this age. And in Jesus' day, that's one of the reasons they accused him of, uh, they didn't use the word treason or uh, inciting a riot, but that's what they accused him of, of leading a rebellion against Caesar. But he repeatedly said, my kingdom is not of this world. Now, of course, of course, I'm a human being, and I like people to be in charge that have a brain. I do. I do. I don't like pro-abortion people being in charge. I don't like child molesters being in charge or hair sniffers or whatever. I, I mean, uh, but, but I, so I'm a human being. I have my preferences. But I'm not building my life on some, something going on out here in the world because they're nuts. I said, they're nuts. They're crazy. You hearing Papa Gene? They're crazy out there. Amen. In Abraham's day, right down the road, they had a Sodom and Gomorrah. But that didn't have anything to do with Abraham. Now, part of it, watch it now, part of it, I'm going to shift gears right here. Abraham didn't hang out there. See, Lot hung out there, so it affected Lot. But Abraham didn't hang out there, so it didn't affect Abraham. Amen. So you got to watch opening your mouth and letting your flaps, your, your lips flap in the breeze and talk like it affects you. If you confess with your mouth that affects you, it affects you. If you confess with your mouth, doesn't matter what's going on out there. I am blessed of the Lord. I am protected of the Lord. The blessing of the Lord is being poured out upon me. Then that's what you get. Amen. Well, pastor, you talk like all of this is beneath us. It, it is. It is. It just amazes me that people worship celebrities. They worship politicians. They, this, this, this is dung. It's dung. This is what you clean up when you muck out a stall. I'm so glad, I'm so glad I answered the Lord correctly because it was, it was December, December or January of 2015 or 16, and a preacher was sending me photos, you know, of being around famous people, and, and uh, the Lord spoke to me. I'm out praying. I could, tell, I could take you to the house to show you where I was on the sidewalk. The Lord spoke to me. He said, what about you? He, no, he said it like this, more condescending. So what about you? Do you want to go hang out with, and he named the name? I said, no. I just want to hang out with you. Amen. Because if you haven't figured it out, man ain't going to do one thing for you. But God, hallelujah, he can protect us. He can heal us. He can bless us. Hallelujah. He can protect our children. Hallelujah. And he does. Amen. So watch your mouth. Doesn't matter what's going on out there. They're crazy. Amen. And, and maybe in some weird way. I don't know. I don't know. 
I don't know. But every school that's not open, there's not a drag queen lecturing children in America. I don't know. But I know these are the end times. I know that. Three Thursdays ago, when I woke up in the morning, he whispered into my spirit, and he said, it won't be long now. I know that. I know that. I know that. And I know one more thing. It won't be but a handful of years. And we'll greet each other on the sea of glass, and none of this will matter. I know that. And I know that every Christ rejecter and everybody that tried to use people and everybody tried to make money off people, I'm talking about uh, scaring them to death so they have to buy a virus that you have a financial interest in. I'm everybody that's a, a, a manipulator of human beings, they'll all be in hell. Right. But we'll, be, we'll, we'll greet each other in the streets of God. Amen. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. I know that. I know that. I know that. These are momentary trials and troubles. They don't mean anything. Amen. Not if you know God. Not if you know God. So this parable, no matter what gospel you look at, is all about the word and what are you doing with the word. That's all that matters. Everything going on out here is theater. Everything going on out here is a distraction. You understand what I'm saying? To get you distracted from what's important. The only thing that matters is the word and what are you doing about the word. Amen. Say it out loud. The only thing that matters is the word and what I'm doing about the word. So hear the word, retain the word, persevere in the word and produce a crop by the word 30-fold, 60-fold, even 100-fold. Now, as we say here at Faith Christian Center, the word will work for anyone who works the word. What do we mean by that? The word will work for anyone who will believe what God has said, confess what God has said, and take action on what God has said. Now, I'm about to say a hard thing, so brace yourselves. The word creates a disparity of results in the lives of the people. The Word of God creates a disparity of results in the lives of the people. How can the Word create a disparity of results in the lives of people if God shows favoritism to no man? Well, the Word creates a disparity of results in the lives of people because we don't all believe the Word at the same level, and we don't all confess the Word at the same level, and we don't all take action on the Word of God at the same level. Now, this is fundamental, but you need to understand this. The Word of God creates a disparity of results in the lives of people because we don't all believe the Word of God at the same level, and we don't all confess the Word of God at the same level, and we don't all take action on the Word of God at the same level. Hence, just like the cotton farmer or the watermelon farmer, different farmers get different results. Say it out loud. Different farmers get different results. And that's not bad news, that's good news because that means you are in charge of your harvest. Tell your neighbor, you are in charge of your harvest. Tell the neighbor on the other side, you are in charge of your harvest. Number four, if you're taking notes, Jesus constantly likened faith with a seed being planted to get a result. 
Number four, Jesus constantly likened faith with a seed being planted to get a result. Too many of God's people are living without results. I'm a results guy. If I don't get results, I make a change. And too many of God's people are living without results. Jesus constantly likened faith with a seed being planted to get a result. Matthew 17, 20, I tell you the truth, if you have faith as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. Let me paraphrase it down. If you have faith as a seed, nothing will be impossible for you. But notice he's even talking about a small seed, a seed as small as a mustard seed. So we began the message talking about how faith is a progression. Everybody wants to start at the top, but you can't start at the top. You got to start where you are. Well, I don't have that much faith, Pastor Gene. Well, great. Release the faith you have. Well, I don't have that much money, Pastor Gene. Great. Release the money you have. You've got to start where you are. You cannot start where you're not. In this scripture, the Lord tells us what to do to get the mountains moved out of our lives. Plant a seed of faith. Jesus was saying that even if your seed seems even if your faith seems to be as small as a mustard seed, you can plant it as a seed sown by your faith that speaks to your mountain, referring to a mountain of need, and say, be removed, and it will obey you. Jesus was talking about a way for your believing to become seed faith. No matter how small your faith seems to be, it can be planted unto God as a seed for him to multiply back to you and meet needs and problems that appear as impossible to overcome as mountains. And it doesn't matter what the mountain is. God has given us a way to move the mountains out of our life. If you have faith as a seed, or if you're believing becomes seed faith, no matter how small it seems to be, it will meet needs and problems that appear as impossible as mountains before you. This is because each act of faith is a seed planted and will be multiplied many times over. You can enter into the realm of all things possible when you plant your seeds of faith. You enter into the realm of all things possible when you plant seeds of faith. Jesus was saying that if we make our faith a seed, something that we do, something that we plant, something that we sow in faith on purpose, aimed for a specific desired result, it can grow and become a mighty force against our needs. What God wants to establish with each of his children is a partnership of blessing. We are his children, and he wants to bless us. Say it out loud. We are his children, and he wants to bless us. But I have to plant my seed first. Then I have a right to speak to my mountain and tell it to leave me alone. And notice the order in which you use your seed faith. You plant your seed out of a believing heart. You speak to your mountain of need and tell it to be removed. You speak the word for it to move. And then you fully believe for the mountain to obey your word of faith. And according to God's word, it is required to obey. I could give you illustrations, but you would say I'm a nut. Now I'm going to pass. And what are the results? When you do exactly what God's word says and believe in faith, Jesus concludes, nothing shall be impossible unto you. Does anybody here want to enter the realm where nothing is impossible for you? When you consistently plant seeds of faith, you can enter into the realm of all things possible. Matthew 17, 20, again, I tell you the truth, if you have faith as, as small as a mustard seed, you can say to this mountain, move from here to there, and it will move 
and it will move. Nothing will be impossible for you. People are always running around saying, I need more faith. I got to get more faith. Uh, Pastor, how can I get more faith? You don't need more faith. You need to exercise the faith that you do have. Giving to God in faith can put you on the road to miracles. When you sow your seed, you sow your faith. You give God something to work with. Zero multiplied times anything is still zero. It's not a matter of money. It's a matter of seed faith. It's obedience to God's word, no matter what the circumstances say. If we will take this path, there will come a time when our seed faith sowing will be out of our abundance. Now, let me stop. I'm going to give five or eight minutes to the wealthy. Do I have your attention? Do I have the attention of the wealthy? If we will take this path, there will come a time when our seed faith sowing will be out of our abundance instead of out of our need, and we will forget about money and focus solely on our faith and on our seed faith. In this regard, your own prosperity can actually work against you in this process of a partnership of blessing with God, for when we gave out of our need, we were desperate and focused our faith on the seed we planted, which was inevitably a sacrifice. But as we prosper, we oftentimes fail to focus our faith as we sow our seed, because in our minds, the sowing out of prosperity doesn't cost us very much, and we're no longer desperate. The result is our result the result is our results in faith can taper off or maybe even stop but it's not because we're not God's children or because we're not sowing it's simply because we let off focusing our faith for our harvest miracle Now when I got to those three paragraphs this morning going over this message again this morning when I got to those three paragraphs this morning Sitting at my desk at home, the Holy Spirit spoke to me, and he said, look up. How much has your net worth gone up since you reread that Oral Roberts book versus all eight years under Obama? And I looked it up. It's easy for me to do. And I was stunned because in the three years, since we were headed to San Francisco, we used to go to San Francisco to eat. Those days are gone forever. And I was coming out of my office in my uh, closet in my office at home. The Holy Spirit directed my attention to the bookcase. I look over to the bookcase. He directed my attention to an Oral Roberts book I'd read many times, The Miracle of Seed Faith. And the Holy Spirit spoke to me and said, why don't you take that? And I took it. And read it on the plane. Every time I didn't have it in my hand, I saw Sue had it. She was reading it. And so in those 10 days, we must have read that book three times each. We'd read it many times. See, knowledge by itself doesn't do anything. It's knowledge acted upon that changes your life. So I looked it up. In the three years since I reread that book, our net worth has gone up more than twice what our net worth went up during all of Obama's eight years. Now, somebody might hear say, because, you know, might be a little politically minded, might say Trump, to which I would respond, coronavirus. 
In other words, maybe, maybe we got a couple of good years out of there in uh, 18, 19, but that's all negated by 20. I'm talking about naturally speaking. There are men here, and you could tell me the story of when your back was up against the wall and you were desperate and the Holy Spirit spoke to you to give X amount and you sowed it into whatever offering and because you were desperate, you focused your faith. But then what happens is, see, this exact same principle can work against us because what happens is as we prosper, we, we, it's just natural. We don't pay attention to the money uh, as much anymore. We pay attention to, to faith, the idea, I believe God, so I'm going to give. But we, because we don't see it as a sacrifice any longer and because we lose that sense of desperateness about us, we don't focus our faith like we used to, so we don't get the same result. This is why, are you getting an answer here this morning? This is why we gave $10,000 to Fred and Betty Price personally, to them personally, not through a church, personally to them personally to sow a seed, to generate the money to put a million dollars in the challenge offering. That was January 29, 2018. But I must not have been doing it right. I must not have been focused. I must not have been praying correctly because the very next month, February of 2018, I'm walking along a road above the cabin where we're staying in the woods and the Lord took me to school, didn't take me to the woodshed, but he took me to school and he taught me how to pray about money, August 26, Wednesday night, August 26, 2020, and he taught me how to pray about money. And he told me the main thing he emphasized was every day, every day, every day, you water your seed every day with confession. Every day, every day, every day. See, because what happens is when we were desperate, we might have been more likely to do that. But as we prosper, we're not that we lose our desperateness. Are, is anybody, are, the, are the wealthy here? Are you paying attention to what I'm saying? And this is why we don't get the same results. But what I'm saying is, the Holy Spirit said to me this morning, look it up, and what I'm saying is, man, we are getting results now because he drew my attention to that book. I've been taking action on that book. He schooled me on how to pray February of 2018, and I'm following it every day. And we're getting results. I said we're getting results. I said we're getting results. No matter what level of prosperity we've arrived at, we need to get back to thinking about our faith when we give something to God. Our faith can be planted as a seed to God. This simple revelation believed and acted upon by the people of God can restore what Satan has stolen. So key number one, God is your source. Key number two, give that it may be given unto you. Key number three, expect a miracle harvest. Number five, if you want great faith, imitate Isaac. The best example of the hundredfold return is Isaac. Genesis 26 and 1, there was a famine in the land besides the earlier famine of Abraham's time. And Isaac went to Abimelech, king of the Philistines in Gerar. The Lord appeared to Isaac and said, do not go down to Egypt. Live in the land where I tell you to live. Stay in this land for a while and I will be with you and I will bless you. 
So we can't talk about the politicians, we can't talk about the economy, we can't talk about the Fed, can't talk about the stock market, can't even complain about the political leaders locally because God says, I will bless you. It's about God blessing us. It's not about all this other stuff. So Isaac obeyed God. Now, isn't that amazing? Isaac obeyed God. Tell your neighbor, Isaac obeyed God. Tell the neighbor on the other side, Isaac obeyed God. Verse 12, Isaac planted crops in that land. That doesn't make any sense. He, what kind of sense does it make to plant crops in a, a, a geographical region that's experiencing famine? And you understand in ancient times, the reason they had famine was drought. Isaac planted crops in that land in the same year, reaped a hundredfold because the Lord blessed him. Not, not because Abimelech was in charge or because of so-and-so in charge or the Fed or the stock market. No, he, he reaped a hundredfold because God blessed him. The man became rich and his wealth continued to grow until he became very wealthy. He had so many flocks and herds and servants, the Philistines envied him. We shouldn't be out begging from the world and asking the world to give us their cast-offs. Christian ministries shouldn't have to stand on corners and ring bells and hold out buckets and ask the world to give so we can barely get by and keep on going with the work of God somehow. That is a disgrace in the eyes of God. The world ought to envy the church of the living God. Shout it out loud. The, the world ought to envy the church of the living God. When we give, we believe God for a 30, 60, or 100-fold return and daily water our giving with confession. When we do that, we are converting our belief into faith. We are converting our mental ascent into seed faith. We are having faith as a seed, and nothing is impossible for us. How do you release your faith? By taking action on the Word of God. How do you release the ability of God by taking action on the Word of God? Thank you for listening to this life-changing message. To partner with us and to help us reach more people with the good news of the gospel, visit our website at faithchristiancenter.com. Your financial support is enabling us to reach more people than ever before. If you have never accepted Jesus Christ as your Lord and Savior, pray this simple prayer. Lord Jesus, I repent of my sins. Come into my heart. I make you my Lord and Savior. If you prayed that simple prayer, you are born again and today is a new beginning. We would like to send you a copy of Dr. Jean Lingerfeld's book, God's Very Own Child. To receive your free copy, call the church office at 817-561-3400 or send an email to info at faithchristiancenter.com. Remember to put God first in every area of your life because he loves you and has a wonderful plan for you. And don't forget, we walk by faith, not by sight.